What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike, obviously. This is my 81st podcast episode. Hopefully, won't be my last. This week, I was inspired last week watching the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Competition on July 4th and thinking what a crazy world that was. So I called up guy I worked with last year, he taught me how to eat chicken wings competitively for a show that I was doing at the time, Crazy Legs Conti. He is a 14-time participant in the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. He holds a bunch of world records for eating corn on the cob, green beans, uh, breakfast foods, buffet, a whole bunch of stuff. Look him up. If you've ever watched competitive eating, you know this guy. He's got one of the most unique personalities and looks on the circuit. So I called him to talk about everything, about the hot dog eating contest, about competitive eating in general, how they train, what do they eat, what are his favorite foods, does it help in dating? There are Nathan's Hot Dog groupies, evidently, that's a real thing. Uh, Also, what it's like afterward, going to the bathroom, how does your body respond to these competitions, and he does not hold back. He talks about it all in some fun detail, so it's going to be a good episode. I do got to say, apologies if the sound quality is a little bit weird. I had to record this episode uh, somewhere else. So when it gets to crazy legs, if I sound a little bit echoey, whatever, don't worry about it. Apologies for that, but it's still a great episode. If you're new to the show, why don't you download, hang out, stay a while, subscribe. Uh, We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Tell all your friends. Also, give me a nice rating and a review because I give you nice content. So let's just be pals and make it even. Cool? Cool. Uh, also, make sure to follow me on social media at Mike Janella on every single platform you can think of. Got a lot of cool stuff uh, that I put out this week that hopefully you guys will enjoy. All right. Enough about me, though. Let's talk to Crazy Legs Conti. All right. Hope you're hungry for some content. I've got the guy to give it to you. Crazy Legs Conti, welcome to the show. Uh, honored to be here. Your, your official legal name. You changed it, right, a couple of years ago? Uh, I've been crazy legs for a very long time, but I, I did change it legally. So <laughs> I'm one of the few people who makes uh, TSA happy when I, I stroll through the airport. Oh, yeah. They've got to love it. Extra x-raying for this guy. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you are, I mean, one of the most recognizable competitive eaters, I think, ever. I've seen, you've done a great job branching out into doing TV and media and movies and documentaries and other stuff. So thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, as Badlands Booker would say, I'm, I'm hungry and focused. And I actually am because once we're done recording, uh, uh, I'm going to head to All You Can Eat Sushi, which is sort of a guilty pleasure of mine uh, in the East Village. Oh, I like the sounds of that. Cool. Well, I won't keep you for that long, man, because I, I do not like standing in between a man and his food. But we got some. We got to get down to business. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I was watching the hot dog eating contest, the Nathan's Famous, over 4th of July. And it's such an intriguing world to me, competitive eating. And I've never gotten to chat with someone at length about it. So I was like, hey, I know this guy. Uh, so I emailed you up. You were down to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Before we get to all that, though, I do start the show the same way with every guest by asking you, Crazy Legs, what's the mm-hmm. best thing that's happened to you in the past week? Oh, in the past week. Uh, that's actually kind of an easy one. Today's Wednesday. Uh, I had a rare day off on Monday. Just had like the equivalent of like the a guy's spa day with no spa. I hit the uh, Brooklyn Museum. The David Bowie uh, exhibit is closing and they had a few extra tickets. It was sold out. So I got into that. Uh, I do pride myself on being the uh, Liberace of lunch. So I've tried to improve my costuming and competitive eating. <laughs> I wanted to get a little inspiration. Uh, and it was great to see the costumes up close. 
uh, I hit a I hit the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn after that and saw the uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. Oh, I love that theater, and I saw that movie this week, too. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it. I, I think Paul Rudd as a superhero is pretty ridiculous, so uh, I'm a fan, and obviously the very talented and beautiful Evangeline Lilly is fun to look at. Uh, I'd been, I had a documentary about my competitive eating that played the original Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas, and I'd been delinquent in making it to the new uh, location in Brooklyn. So I hit that because I really, you know, I wanted a couple beers and I wanted to watch the film and I could do both there. Uh, and the only thing I didn't do that night was all you can eat sushi. So I had to push that for a day, but I had a great day. I read uh, actually the, the finish of the night, uh, S.A. Chartabordi, I believe is how you say her name. She wrote a book called City of Brass that I got from the New York Public Library. And it's been the best summer read, if not for the year speculative fiction there's a little supernatural stuff but uh it was so good that i was like i'm just gonna you know stay at home have another beer and read this book and finish it so monday was was really a, a highlight of the week i don't know if i could top that that's a lovely day let me tell you i'm sorry that i'm ruining your week by making you come on my show now after you started <laughs> off so well at the beginning of the week um cool crazy life so let's get right into it uh, i want to talk about the the hot dog eating contest first because that's freshest in my mind just happened uh last week as well you're you competed in it eight times, is that right? Oh no, I've competed in it uh, fourteen, 14. Out of eighteen years. I've only not qualified uh, for four times, including on sadly the last two years. You get three chances to qualify. You have to win a qualifier. Uh, there's usually about twelve to eighteen in the states. I went to. Texas uh, lost to Juan Nieve, who's kind of an upcoming new eater. I had a non-refundable ticket to both California, so I just watched that one because Rich Fever was eating. And I ate in a pizza contest the next day that the MLE was sanctioning. Uh, and then I went to Norfolk, another non-refundable ticket, and a better eater showed up. This guy, George the Mountain Chigger. Wait, like 30. I had a terrible day, uh, largely, I think, due to lack of sleep, but also some technical problems. I really wasn't dunking the buns long enough. And then my best shot was in St. Louis against Buffalo Jim Reeves, who's a longtime eater. He's the only guy to have eaten uh, how many years? The, the Buffalo Wing contest up in uh, Buffalo has been going uh, maybe 16, nah, probably about 14 years. So he's eaten all 14 years. And he beat me by a dog. Uh, oh. It was an interesting contest. They do a few contests in Major League Baseball stadiums, uh, Nathan's Hot Dogs is the official MLB hot dog. We even went down to the All-Star Game last year and did an exposition with Joey Chestnut and Matt Stoney and a bunch of eaters, Carmen Sincati, Badland, Mickey Sudo, myself eating the, the larger size hot dogs. So that would have been a nice one to win, but uh, sadly I didn't qualify. I was out at Coney just to cheer on the men and the women. And then I uh, chaperone and uh, host the uh, eating after party. Uh, this year was sponsored by Bell's Two Hearted. If you think competitive eaters drool a lot eating hot dogs, you should see when they switch to uh, craft beer. <laughs> so uh, it was a good time. All right. For the record, because I want to make sure people know that I do my research. The Nathan's website has to update it then because they only have you listed for eight competitions. So who do I write to to let them know that you got to well, get all 14 on there? 
I don't know. It's may, maybe they have a certain standard of skill set. My hot dog skills have been eroding, although my visit <laughs> on the Tony Island billboard has been getting larger and larger. Each time they kick somebody out, my face gets bigger and bigger. So uh, I don't know. I'll uh, I'll take what I can get. You know, All for right. the hundredth anniversary, I actually did. A, I've done some eating stuntman stunts, and for that. It was the 96th anniversary of the Wonder Wheel, and I actually wore this sort of evil Knievel sky suit, and I sat on top of one of the Wonder Wheel cars, the white cars, and I ate uh, Nathan's hot dogs in one full revolution that goes up to about 150 feet. Uh, and I was thinking about that the other day as you know Travis Pastriani did sort of three of evil's greatest stunts on the motorcycle. Uh, he made it look very easy. I'm not sure how I made it look. Uh, <laughs> I found it very terrifying and hard. But, um, but uh, you know, Nathan's and July 4th, and particularly Coney Island, has been very dear to my heart and stomach. Uh, so anything I can do to celebrate that fact. But I do vow to be on the big stage next year. I really uh, want to get back. So I'll have to do a little uh, off-season tinkering with my strategy and, and try to plan ahead a little better. All right, so you, before too, when you were talking about not qualifying for this year, you hit on a bunch of things and now talking about tweaking your strategy offseason. That leads me to a bunch of questions I had. Um, so I guess where I want to start, I'm sure everyone wants to know, what is the training like, right? So what, take me through how you train. You're talking about tweaks. What are some tweaks you make? And what is the qualification process? You alluded to it a little bit. You have to go to these qualifying events, but where are these? When do they happen? How many are there? What? How do you train? Give me the whole like lead up before July fourth. Uh-huh. How well, soon well, does it start? A, uh, you know, there's a Nathan's contest shirt. It looks like a concert T-shirt because on the back it lists all of the qualifiers. There are a few off-season qualifiers. If you go to MajorLeagueEating.com, there's actually one on the board for August 11th, which is ridiculously early. But we used to have a Saratoga qualifier. It didn't always get you a ticket to the big dance. But this one does. It's Des Moines, Iowa. And I know that Hungry Hazard, a younger eater who only he ate 22 in his his Valdosta qualifier, but he ate 25 on July 4th. And it was a hot day. So he's going to Des Moines. And even though that's about that's at the upper limit of my personal best, I probably will avoid that. But if you wait, there's, you know, 16 to 18 qualifiers. They're all over the U.S. Some have been around for years. Um you know, we've done uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania for a while now. We do City Field uh, before a Mets game. Uh, and then some are new. Sometimes there's a new one that will pop up, like this year was in uh, Southern California at one of the uh, Six Flags. We did a few Six Flags uh, qualifiers. So mostly they'll happen uh, late spring, early summer, and they'll lead up to July 4th, uh, Washington, D.C., and City Field this year were the last two about a week before July 4th. You have to kind of figure out who's going because the way you qualify is each the top male and female from each qualifier go to the finals. So, you know, Carmen Sincati ate 50 in Lancaster, PA. Obviously, if I went and I eat, you know, 22, that's not going to do it. So I have to kind of plan ahead. Um, and I'm willing to travel. I'm a little bit of a nomad. In terms of training, you know, Major League Eating does 60 to 80 events a year. You pay your own way. You try to win it back in prize money. If I was going to Ontario, Canada for the Vons World Pizza Eating Contest this weekend, uh, which I'm not, I have to bartend all weekend, um, I wouldn't practice for that. I would find out what kind of pizza it is. Is it a square slice? Is it a, you know, 
triangle? Is it heavy on the cheese? There's different strategies for each food, different techniques. But the only one that for me now, 17 years in as a competitive eater, uh, you know, Nathan's hot dogs and buns, you have to get into a rhythm. Joey Chestnut says that, you know, he's he broke the world record this year with 74 because he was in a really fierce rhythm. And I think if you watch, you see he never picks up his cup of liquid to drink. He only uses the bun liquid. So he's dunking the bun and kind of creating a log flume like ride in his mouth and esophagus. And he's just very technical. And I had alluded that you know, in Norfolk, I was just dunking quickly. I dunk in Tang, Joey dunks in hot water. I, I feel like if it was good enough That's, for the astronauts in space, then it's good, yeah, not good enough. Yeah, if John Glenn can do it, it's good enough for us. Right? Yeah. Wait, it, it's, it that's also, warm water. Just, sorry to interrupt you. That's warm water? That feels disgusting that Joey Chestnut uses. Uh, you know, there's a lot that's probably disgusting about competitive eating, but Joey feels the warm water loosens up all the internal sphincters, except for probably one. Yeah, the, the one you want to keep closed. Yeah, and it, 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 it certainly helps. So I do use warm tang. Uh, I wasn't able to at the ballpark because you couldn't bring coolers in, but um, uh, all of those little things help. You can dunk for five seconds, and you have to get it correct. You don't want to bring in too much liquid, so you'll notice when Joey is putting the bun in his mouth, which happens in kind of a three-part motion, you see a lot of uh, water kind of being wrung out through his fingers, and so there is, you know, you have to do that for 10 minutes, you know. So for a guy like me who's eating in the low 20s, if I could ever get to 30, my path to the, the finals would be easy. Um, and part of that is the rhythm. So you want to – you're not going to go to an all-you-can-eat buffet. You're not going to spend every day eating hot dogs because you want to be in traditional athletic shape. It's an aerobic activity. So I, I jog. I go to the gym. I was a little heavier this year. I wasn't in the best shape physically. Uh, and then the mental game, you have to, I, I believe the stomach can fill up, but the mind never can. So mind over stomach matter is incredibly important. How you go into the contest, your qualifier, you know, how pumped up you are, you're entering physically empty, but you have to find energy from somewhere. Um, the food is the fuel that drives most athletes. For us, the food is the sport. So it's a little bit different, but the mental edge is, is very important. So all those things in the off season you think about, you, you try to find inspiration where you can. And as it gets closer, you, you buy a couple of Nathan's hot dogs and do a sprint, try to get your, your speed in the first minute up and really work on your technique. There was a guy, Max Suzuki, Japanese American. He ate in Vegas. He ate 42. He eats the bun and dogs together. There hasn't been an eater who did that since uh, probably about five or six years ago. Chip Simpson, who got the 38. I think if Max Suzuki changes his strategy, eats two dogs and then dunks two buns, he'll be over 50 uh, next year. And he's a very high energy guy. I didn't get to meet him, um, but uh, I liked his style. So I'm hoping somebody spreads the word to Max Suzuki, you know, change up that technique and uh, your numbers will probably go up. I'm sure Mac listens to this podcast, so he'll get the message. Don't worry. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the crazy thing to me though, is that, so everyone knows that if you watch the hot dog eating contest now, everyone knows, okay, that's the new technique, right? Take the dog out, dunk the bun in the water, eat it. But it amazes me how even beyond that, there's these small technical things. You know, do you, you break the dog in half? Do you eat two whole ones at once? What is the liquid that you choose? Like, are there arguments? Do you, like when you're talking uh, to other competitors, do you guys like, oh, my way's better than yours? Uh, most people go from the top down. So Joey 
Carmen, Eater X, who's retired, uh, Pat Deepdish Bertoletti, who's retired, all those guys would take two dogs and eat them together. And I've not been able to transition into that yet. And I really think for next year, for me to make the finals, I have to figure out a way to do that. Two, uh, I'm not sure if this has ever been said on your podcast, but two wieners in, in one mouth at a time is uh, more <laughs> difficult than most people imagine. You'd so, be surprised when I cover uh, on this podcast, but you're right. Yeah, that is the first time that's been but, said. Uh, and Nathan's dogs are like snowflakes. Each one is different. So you get Widowmakers, which are very long, bigger than the bun. You're, if you're lucky, you get a cigar stub, which is a little smaller. But um, all of that, it's not so much an argument. It's how well people take the techniques. And you can choose your own technique, but how well people take these and really put them into practice. And 10 minutes seems like a short time, but it is a marathon of eating. You know, I mentioned there's a pizza eating contest uh, upcoming. We did one at John's Incredible Pizza. Pizza's very slow, I think competitively, but uh, Jeffrey Esper did 83 slices in 10 minutes. That's a marathon where he was like running 26.2 miles, but he was sprinting the whole way. He was basically Kenyan in his pizza eating abilities. Whereas for me as a table ender, you know, I got 36 slices down. So I ate three large pies in 10 minutes, but he ate between nine and 10. I can't even do the math uh, fast enough. So technique does count. You know, Nathan's is the biggest contest, ESPN, 40,000 people. It's still well in surf. But week in and week out, there are different contests and different foods, and that's what kind of drives a great competitive eater, to be a cross-disciplined athlete, uh, to be able to compete in, you know, shrimp tacos or St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail on National Donut Day this year, we actually had two contests. We had Philly. We had hostess donuts. Joey won that with, I think, 278 of the donuts in um, six minutes. His face looked like Al Pacino and Scarface afterwards. <laughs> and then on the West Coast, the Salvation Army sponsored a yeast-eating donut contest where, where Matt Stoney ate 42 uh, donuts in six minutes. So it, it sort of shows you the difference you know, do you want to mash the donuts? Do you want to, you know, dunk your donut or donut? So um, each food brings its own challenges, but you'd be remiss if you went out and just ate a ton of the, the food before each contest. A lot of it is, is technical. I, do, I have a lot of questions about competitive eating in general, other foods and disciplines, but I got a couple more I want to focus on the hot dog uh, contest. And I love the fact that you brought up how important this one is because it is on ESPN it is 40,000 people. It's got the, the tradition. Do you, other competitors, how do you guys deal with that? Because I'm sure the expectations, the pressure, the stress is, this is the Super Bowl of competitive eating, right? So what do you do differently oh, for Nathan's than other competitions? Well, I mean, it has, uh, it now has prize money for men and women. And the men and women eat separately on July 4th. The rest of the year we eat together. Uh, so there's prize money to every place. Uh, you don't get paid to win a qualifier, but mostly eaters want to be there for pride reasons. George the Mountain Sugar has been trying for four years to make the fourth, and he's a good eater. He's eaten up to, you know, last year he ate 27 HDBs, and he didn't make it largely because he was going against other competitors who were seasoned. Or, or uh, This year we had some rookies that were pretty incredible. This guy Nick Wary, who's a bodybuilder. Uh, everyone knows Nathan's, you know, that's the, the biggest one that gets the most media attention, even though I wasn't in it this year, I probably did, you know, uh, 
a, a newspaper or a website or a TV show once a day leading up to the fourth. Um, so we consider Nathan's, it is the Super Bowl, the Masters, the World Series rolled into one. Guys have, uh, you know, kind of gone against the integrity of the sport. There's been some incidents of cheating. There's been some incidents of reversals of fortune. This year in the women's, Sonia, the Black of Thomas, the greatest female eater of all time. She was actually disqualified by the commissioner, Hungry Charles Hardy. She said some of the food just came out. He said it was, uh, you know, flotsam that was considered uh, an urge contrary to swallowing. So competitive eating has its controversies. Um, before there was ever prize money, you ate really for the glory of, of the competition to, to go up against your competitors, maybe for the after party of the groupies. Uh, sometimes for the travel, but, um, are there groupies in competitive eating? Sure. They're they're absolutely groupies. They say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Um, (laughs) but I think, uh, that's great. Most people don't realize where it can take you. You know, I, the best thing I've ever done as a human, not even as a competitive eater is, (laughs) excuse me, is, um, Nathan or uh, rather major league eating and Navy entertainment partnered up in 2009 we sent seven tours out where we did pro-am eating eating at different bases all over uh <laughs> excuse me all over the world i went to gitmo i went to Siganella, suda bay uh to meet with the armed forces to entertain them you know that's really been something that uh, not a lot of people get to do certainly not civilians and that was amazing. It was amazing to see their sacrifice. And that was through competitive eating. You know, we've also had movies and TV shows. I'm a video game avatar. I had a lot of goals I didn't have for myself until somebody from Major League Eating called and said, hey, you know, is this something you're interested in? So I think for parents trying to get their kids to finish their vegetables, you never expect them to become the four-time corn on the cob eating champ. But <laughs> uh, that's what's happened to me. And it's, it's led to a lot of interesting things. Um, that have really enriched my life. So I do feel, you know, competitive eating has some hot button issues, topics that people like to discuss. I'm always happy to have a dialogue. I don't like when the protesters rush the stage. I feel that's a little bit of an endangerment, but, um, the flip side of, is that there is a lot of altruism and philanthropy that doesn't get publicized in competitive eating, you know, beyond, Nathan's giving 100,000 hot dogs each July 4th to the Food Bank of New York. Uh, the eaters go out, and they do their own kind of grassroots stuff. Michelle Lesko eats for charity every time she eats, and her fans will uh, donate money to um, one of the charities that provides water for people who can't have water. And she'll give them a trophy or a shout-out. or You know, there's a lot, I think, behind the scenes you know, we talked to every single fan, you know, Badlands Booker on July 4th, he was sweating uh, a lake out there because he will shake hands and talk and sign anything until the last fan has gone home. And I don't think you see that in a lot of uh, major league sports. You know, if you're being paid millions and millions of dollars, you're leaving in a fancy car from the stadium. We finish eating whatever the food is and then step out into the crowd and are happy to talk to, you know, the locals and whomever, you know, wants to talk food. Which is great and nice of you, but I have to imagine as soon as you're done eating and say July 4th, you've just pounded, you know, 20 to 70 hot dogs, depending who you are, 
don't you have to go to the bathroom? Like, what's that first trip like? Don't you have to like really rush to, to take care of that business uh, your first? Body's, uh, your body's kind of in uh, in shock. Um, I always thought we did a uh, Ben's Chili Bowl in D.C. and oh. Joey was always very. He was always after we were done. He was always and I, Chili's very hard to eat in competition. And I did pretty well. I would do like a, a gallon and a quarter. Joey would do about two gallons. He was always patting me on the back and congratulating me. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, Joey's really, you know, taken to being so friendly after a chili eating contest. And then I realized yeah. he was just wiping his hands on the back of my shirt. <laughs> so, um, but no, I mean, I think major league eaters are eccentric by nature. We're a little stranger, but we come from sort of, you know, people who are just very good at lunch. So the, the basic premise is if you are, you know, somebody who loves food, if you're a gourmet and a gourmand, if you like good food in large quantities, then you, you could probably set out on the pro eating circuit. It gets harder year after year. And if you're thinking you're going to become rich, there's only really enough money for the number one guy. If you're thinking you're going to become famous, uh, I mean, I've been doing this for 17 years. I do get recognized a lot, um, but I always feel it's sort of a, a level of pseudo fame that my stomach is more famous than the rest of me. And so I don't know if that's a worthwhile goal. Certainly the opportunities and the travel are amazing, but I've spent, you know, decades going to towns like Bettendorf, Iowa, or places that maybe are not as enlightened as uh, the rest of the world. And uh, we tend to have fun wherever we go. And, and it's a slight against Bettendorf, but, you know, loose meat sandwiches are not the gourmet food of uh, the Midwest. So uh, I guess I'm saying a lot of us have paid our dues and we, we, get to travel for like CP foods to Singapore or Thailand, but that's only after eating in a hundred casino contests in places that um, unless you live there, you, you wouldn't find yourself there. So there is a, there is sort of a, you know, an interesting circuit. There's an interesting sort of byway of the intestinal uh, travels of a competitive eater. Uh, and we're in a unique experience uh, a couple years ago was the 50th anniversary of on the road i pitched a tv show i just wanted to recreate jack kerouac's travels but eating competitively uh but sadly that didn't go but you can still read the book so yeah there you go all right so you're not going to get into this for riches unless you get to a joey chestnut level you're going to get into it for some modicum of fame a little bit does it help with other stuff dating job interviews like does this unique uh, part of it help in other parts of your life well, certainly job interviews, you know, I, I'm a bartender and, and people have heard of me and, and uh, certainly I, I got out of jury duty because the woman's um, husband was a huge fan. So I wrote an autograph to him and uh, she let me choose uh, any day I wanted to come back. I was actually trying to get out of it to fly to England. Uh, Morgan Spurlock had a show uh, and he wanted me to eat against the English champ, um, the, I had to eat two American meals, two full American meals, like a whole cherry pie, you know, a, a, a giant hamburger meal, two English meals, like a sausage pasty meal and fish and chips. And the producer was like, how long to eat these four giant entrees? I was like, about 15 minutes. They were like, oh, the segment's 11 minutes. I was like, well, you've got fast forward. But <laughs> um, I think it helps. I don't think it helps in dating. It's been a long time since I brought it up, uh, although, I, you know, I'm sure – a girl will Google me after, um, but I try not to uh, make that the focus. I don't, you know, um, 
it's just sort of a strange subculture that's entered the mainstream. I would love to see it go further. I'd love to see Joey get invited to the ESPYs. I think he's deserving. Um, I'd love to see uh, there's a couple eaters. They call themselves Swole Mates. Uh, one more bite. Um, Rodriguez and uh, Sarah uh, Lenarkey, who are both uh, bodybuilders and work out, and they, they've been posing naked with food covering their private parts. They'd love to be in the ESPN uh, naked issue. So I do think there are places to go. Uh, Matt Megatoad Stoney has really moved into YouTube and is making money off that. Uh, so I think we have a ways to go before it truly becomes uh, mainstream, but it's made incredible strides. And that's largely due to Rich and George Shea and Sam Barkley, who are the major league eating guys who sanction these contests and take these opportunities. And until you've been out on the circuit, knowing like, you know, Hey, I've got to get to, I've got to get to the city. I've got to find my way to the contest. If you're Gideon OG, you're perpetually late. He managed to be so late to the Washington DC qualifier that he only ate in the last four minutes and 20 seconds. And he ate 21 hot dogs and buns. That was good enough to get him to the finals. Holy but shit. All the logistics that go into arriving at a moment where you have 10 minutes of eating, where you're communing with the food and it's a journey into the self, uh, there's an enormous amount of infrastructure that happens around that. We've opened for sticks. We've, you know, eaten with the military. We've done some pretty amazing things. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's how you perform in those six to eight to 10 minutes, depending on the food. Um and that's, you know, the the simplicity of it, but there's also a lot of uh, complexity that is around it. Last question on the hot dog, and I think it'll it'll transfer me to more questions about competitive eating in general. Because you mentioned how you show up and you're planning and preparing all this infrastructure, but then for Nathan's, you show up and like you know that Joey Chestnut's going to eat at least sixty, and into years like this where he breaks the record, getting into the mid seventies. You know, Mickey Sudo, same thing. She's won five years in a row. Do do you guys go in? Do a lot of guys go in kind of already mentally knowing, hey, I'm not going to win this thing. I'm just here for all of this. Uh, well, I mean, I think if, you, if you ask Carmen Sincati, I mean, he went in willing to beat Joey. It takes somebody with a real mental edge. Joey was the first eater to say, I can beat Takara Kobayashi. Because when we ate, Kobayashi was a, a god of food. You know, he doubled the world record. No one thought we could get close. Joey thought, not only can I get close, I can beat him. So some meters go in looking for the win. I actually thought uh, Michelle Lesko might catch Mickey this year, uh, and she came pretty close. Uh, other eaters, they're looking at their own numbers, their personal bests. Rich Shea and I host a podcast called Men and Boaters. Uh, he's one of the you know founders of Competitive Eating. I'm a longtime Eater, uh, we have a lot of fun with that podcast, but we actually predicted we thought maybe six men would eat over 50 hot dogs and buns this year. It didn't happen. I think heat was a factor. Uh, also, maybe three or uh, most of those guys were either rookies or second year eaters. Um, Darren Breeden, Jeff Esper, you know, um, Max Suzuki, who I mentioned, uh, all going in with numbers in the 40s thinking maybe they could get to 50 uh for asper i think one day he may get to 60 
that's a preposterous number and that's a lot of pressure, but uh, they go in knowing like, I just have to improve upon last year. I have to keep working towards it. Um, and as I said, there's prize money to every place. So, you know, second is $5,000, you know, that can finance a lot of travels to a lot of uh, different contests. It's not nothing. Yeah, for sure. So hot dogs, obviously, that's like Joey's corner now. And I'm not going to talk. I don't want to talk about how you decided to get into competitive eating in general, because you've told that story a million times. People can Google it if they want to. But how do you decide what foods to focus on? Because you obviously, you know, Joey, no one's catching him the last 11 years. But there are other competitions that, you know, you can win that you do win. So how do you decide what foods to focus on competitively? Well, part of it is, you know, going to the events page of Major League Eating, seeing where you can get to, what you can afford. You know, I, I think, you know, we have like the Fresno Tacos World Taco Eating Championship. There's four grand in total prize money. Um, you know, do you go to that? Do you go to um, the World Ice Cream Eating Championship, which is at the Indiana State Fair? We eat at a lot of state fairs. Um, you know, sometimes it's the travel the budget you have to lay out. Sometimes it's the food. I've eaten ice cream a number of times. I've eaten taco a number of times. For me, sometimes if it's a new food, you know, Wisconsin State Fair is doing the World Cheese Curd Eating Championship. Uh, so in, Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> yes, in, uh, and that's the 11th of August. <laughs> I, I love cheese curds. I think they taste great. We do do Smokes Poutine up in Toronto, mm. uh, which has cheese curds, but also gravy and French fries. So, that's one I might target because I look at it. And it's also one that, like, is on the same day as a Nathan's qualifier in Des Moines. Uh, around that time, everybody, uh, although I've never eaten in it, everybody loves the Daily uh, Foods World Gyoza Eating Championship. I think Stoney did, like, 336 gyoza. Um, and, and that one is just, like, the, the sponsor treats the eaters great. And uh, they make jerseys. So sort of around that time, I know everyone's focused on gyoza. Maybe that gives me – it's not a leg up. It's really like an esophagus up uh, at the Wisconsin <laughs> State Fair with cheese curds. So, um, you know, it's – it's uh, it depends on what your criterion is. You know, some eaters get into the sport and they just bang out their credit cards. You know, a guy like Hungry Hazard, he's, he's going to go to a ton of these contests because he kind of want wants to prove himself even if he's not – making money um and then maybe the food doesn't matter you know the snowbird bratwurst eating championship i've eaten brats a lot in competition they're very very difficult so do you want to take a chance at being a a higher ranked eater when you're not going to do as well at a food that you know is tough um you know it depends it depends on what you care about if you care about the rankings the prize money or uh, if you're just going out to have a good time, you know, there's a lot of uh, weekend warrior eaters who show up in, near, you know, they'll only do driving distance. Although Wild Bill, uh, he can drive like eight hours, so um, he'll he'll make it to a lot of contests. Yeah. Driving distance for some people is different than for others. Mm-hmm. Take me through, how many of these are you doing a year on average? You specifically and um, a, a competitive eater, like a, now, an average one. Well, between media and exhibitions i may have uh i may be joining forces with the guys at blue ribbon chicken to do a little thing against amateurs uh they shucked oysters for me when i was in letterman so i'm happy to return the favor 
but between things like that and, and uh, even just doing a one-minute chicken wing eating expo at a radio station, you're probably eating competitively once a week. But actual contests, most eaters will eat between 10 and 20 times. Uh, it would be rare for an eater to get to like 25 contests in a year, um, which is like every other week. But it is possible, you know. So a lot of people target their favorites year after year. You know, there's – Clearwater, Florida for the Hooters World Chicken Wing Eating Championship, but we also do, you know, Buffalo, New York, which has two contests back-to-back, a buffet bowl, which is all the local buffalo foods first to finish, and then also, you know, the chicken wing eating contest up there. All right, so I want to focus on the spectacle around the actual competitions for a sec, because you mentioned you do these things, you know, one-minute radio thing, or like the way you and I met, you taught me how to eat, you know, chicken wings, uh, and that I'm sure for you is kind of like practice or a scrimmage or whatever, but the actual, say you're going to Buffalo or Valdosta or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know, all right, this weekend I've got this competition. What's the week like before and after? Like, when do you, do you fast? Do you eat certain foods to open your uh, stomach? What's that like? You don't eat the day of, uh, I usually do Japanese ramen in honor of Takara Kobayashi the night before big competitions. You eat soft, malleable foods kind of plant you really want to be well rested i you know i i did so poorly in norfolk because i was bartending late at night and i had an early morning job uh, production job you need to come in physically physiologically ready you need to come in emotionally ready um mentally focused mentally prepared so a lot of pre-visualization on the mental area and then a lot of like really feeling your body and what your body needs going in. If you're eating, you know, junk food days before a contest, you're not going to do well. You know, you, you want clean foods. I, I eat a lot of uh, Icelandic skur. I'd love to be sponsored by Siggy's. Um, <laughs> it's got some good what, protein. What good. is skur? Is that a fish? Skur is, the, is like yogurt, but they take all the... They took all the fat out. They take all the cream and fat out, but then they put a little back in. It's got this great texture. I know Greek yogurt was a huge thing a couple years ago. Uh, I was going cottage cheese over Greek yogurt, but now Skur is like the ice cream of healthy breakfast foods. Um, so you you find these foods, and also it, it's it just dissolves. You know, it's like um, you know very soft and malleable. So those things are important going into a contest. Um, and then afterwards you recover like anything else. I, my legacy will probably be that there has to be an after party after every contest. So we go out, we, you know, you switch from beer to whiskey if it's a meat eating contest, cause you're pretty full. Um, and you just kind of reminisce about the food. I started the after parties largely cause we would do contests and then everyone would disappear. And I, I just, I wanted someone to talk to, you know, I wanted to say to Badlands Booker, Hungry Charles, like, Hey, how did you do those? you know, uh, 68 Oreos in two minutes. Although yeah, a little post-game show, a little, little come down. Yeah, and then uh, you're on to the next one. So I do think I'm a healthier eater year-round because of competitive eating. I live in New York. Uh, I, I'm a burger snob. I'm a pizza snob. I'm not going to eat 99-cent pizza. I'm not going to eat a burger. Yeah, and that's where you and I differ, my friend. <laughs> but, no, I, I got to, you know, eat healthfully, every, watch every bite, chew, and swallow so that, you know, this year I have to say the extra 10 pounds – I had that could have been the dog and a half I needed in St. Louis to beat Buffalo Jim Reeves. So I've got to remember that going into next year and come in in uh, better shape. I hadn't been jogging much this year, which was a problem. I'd run the New York half marathon 
for really the media uh, a couple years ago, and, and then I, I haven't really been jogging the Williamsburg Bridge, so I need to get back to it. All right, so top tips for people that are trying to get better at this, or even just want to impress their friends. Soft, malleable foods uh, before a competition, lots of sleep, and stay in shape. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you can find, we are not allowed to do restaurant challenges, but you can find a restaurant challenge out there, some with prize money. And, you know, you can kind of see what it's like to feel satiated, to have your mind say, all right, you've had enough stop and to know you have to keep going. But really the best way to do it is sign up for a major league eating contest, find out when we're coming to your town and give that a shot. It takes five or six contests to really feel like, okay, I kind of get this now. Some eaters, you know, Carmen Sincati did, uh, he may have done a hot dog contest, but he did the uh, Trenton Thunder pork roll eating contest one year. And then he took a whole year just to get ready and come back and be, you know, in great shape for competitive eating. So pork roll is also very difficult. Uh, I do that contest each year. But um, people at Trenton are great. The pork rolls, which is a breakfast food, Taylor ham, scrapple in Baltimore. It's like the head, the, the poor man's head cheese of, of the meat of the variety meat capacity. But um, I think a lot of it just is sort of uh, if you feel like you have an aptitude to do it, if you have a brother or sister who eats more than their, their dinner share, then yeah, get them out on the circuit. Like I said, you never know where it can lead. And uh, it is fun as long as you make it fun, you know, don't beat yourself up too much, I guess. And yeah, you're eating food in the end. Like that's one of the most enjoyable things of life. Uh, something when I was telling people that I was going to be talking to you, they did want me to ask uh, some questions about how the body reacts afterwards. So, sure. you know, feel free to get as graphic as you want or not. But like, well, I'm what, what are the? By, uh, I'm sponsored by Worldwide Bidet. You do want a comfortable place to sit eventually, but sometimes okay. you'll eat food and you'll forget uh, what it does to the body. You know, when I do chicken wings, if I haven't eaten a chicken wing eating contest, I call that the spats. It's kind of like a you know, it's just a, a real sort of machine gun rapid fire um, expulsion of <laughs> 100 to 120 wings that you've eaten in 12 minutes. It goes through your system. You've eaten the, the meat. We weigh them before and after. Uh, oysters, I do the Acme Oyster Eating Contest every year. I, I've done it since 2002. 2002, I won. That was my first contest, my first victory. Um Oysters are mostly a lot of water and salinity, but they do... You drop off about, if I do anywhere from 14 to 32 dozen, you drop off about 200 right away. And then your body tells you, like, you've got 30 seconds and you get rid of about 20 at a time. And that's over, like, a two- or three-day period. Uh, but you're in New Orleans, so, you know, the food is rich and the people are wonderful. Um, hot dogs and buns are, are the toughest to eat competitively, but they digest as if you've eaten too much on Thanksgiving. You, those are They don't really hurt you on the way out uh spicy really? food wow. you know spicy foods we've done jake melnick's boot uh, the ghost pepper uh chicken wing eating sauce and you know with the chicken wings uh how la castania used to do jalapeno peppers and those would you know they uh jed the jalapeno king said that your colon is the seventh circle of hell and that you should put your toilet paper in the freezer um so some foods <laughs> will react uh, much worse on the way out, but um, there's no magic in it. You know, we eat as fast as we can, and then we digest very slowly. It is like the anaconda diet. It's sort of like one big meal in 36 hours. Um, I have hit July 5th and sometimes thought, oh, I haven't eaten. It's 5 o'clock. I should just have a salad. I should just 
you know, mast you miss masticating more than the actual feeling of, uh, you know, being satiated. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, there are a lot of strange things. Corn, I, I did back to back, uh, deep fried asparagus in Stockton, California, and then corn on the cob on the East coast. I, I was an idiot because my favorite band, the tubes was playing the, the Stockton, uh, asparagus festival. I should have stayed to see fee Waybill, but asparagus, your urine will smell. Smells, yeah. For how long does that smell um, stick uh, with you? Three, three and a half hours total afterwards. Uh, and then corn, a hundred percent corn in your feces will occur about five and three quarter hours after you've eaten the corn eating contest. So those are unscientific things, but Hey, my body did it. So um, <laughs> yeah. So it's been documented. I know. I know. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy, and that's why it doesn't help with the dating because right away you got to deal with all that stuff uh, before you get to the group. You don't want to, you know, yeah. I mean, eat lightly <laughs> if you're on a dinner date. I would say. But. I love it. Uh, well, crazy legs. Uh, we end the show always with the fun five, which are five quick fun questions designed for you and you alone, and that comes up in a second. But first, I like to offer all my guests the chance to turn the tables on me. You don't have to, but if you want to ask me any one question, I like to share the spotlight here on my show. Uh, you can. So if you got anything for me, fire away. Uh, well, I am I am going to All You Can Eat Sushi after this. Uh, they've been limiting. I notice each week something else disappears. Like I can't get the Akura, but now like, there's no squid. But uh, if you were at All You Can Eat Sushi, how many pieces do you think you would eat? And then I'll try to do the math in my head of how many I, I typically eat. Well, how does it work? Is it your choice of role or is it a variety? Because some of them are easier to eat than others. It's, it, it is your choice of – I do a lot of hand rolls and then I do a lot of individual pieces and some sashimi. Um, each time – you know, you can't do unlimited you – know, you can get five sashimi per round or whatever. So uh, I don't know. How many, uh, how many rounds do you think you could go? Huh. Good question. Cause usually when I get sushi, I usually go for like three – uh, hand rolls that are already chopped up into pieces, and that's okay. usually like a salmon, like a salmon or a tuna thing. Uh-huh. Um, so I think if I really needed like an all-you-can-eat, um, see, I I'm a, I can eat a lot, but I need time. I'm not a sprinter. I can't do five minutes, ten minutes. But if you left me at a sushi place for hours, I could probably do some damage. Um, I would guess maybe like ten rolls in an hour, eight rolls in an hour, maybe. I really don't oh. know. Ten rolls in an hour. So we'll say if you just now is that hand rolls or that uh, hand roll, rolls? Uh, I always miss the terminology. I'm going to Google it now so I see an image uh, of it. Well, I think I think you probably mean like if you're getting like a dynamite roll or whatever, which is about six pieces. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, so so you're doing ten rolls in an hour, so that's about so we're going to just say sixty pieces for your sit down. Right, it's like one piece um, a minute. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'm just doing. So I usually do three or four rounds. I do about five sashimi, about eight sushi. I do a shrimp tempura, salmon, um, avocado, and then I usually do like eel, cucumber, and then I'll do one or two rolls. So that's eight. So like, I'm at. Uh, so I'm at. Uh, 16, 5, 21. I'm at about 25. So my, so I'm at about a hundred, hundred pieces at the end of my sort of four rounds. Um, you're at, you're at 60 for the hour. So that's, you know, that's not too bad. You're, you're almost there. 
Almost, I'm still like so far away. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I can. That's always been my thing. I can eat over time. Like we tried when I was at a job last year on Fourth of July. We tried a hot dog eating contest for me, and they made me like 30 hot dogs just in case for 10 minutes. Tried to replicate just like Nathan's, and right. I I thought I was going to do at least 10. Like one a minute seemed really easy, but I couldn't get past three and a half. Just all the chewing. And it really like it, it's a it's a it's an eye opener. But if you give me time, that's my thing. I, I don't know when to quit. So if there's a time limit, I'm not that good at the eating. But if you just let me sit there and keep munching, I will not stop. All right. Well, we'll, we'll set you up with one of the restaurant challenges that's finishing like a 72 ounce steak in an hour. Or something. Yeah, so. that that's my game. That's yeah, my game. All right. Um, all right. So five sweet. things. Huh? Yeah. All yeah. Right. So so the fun five. There are five quick fun questions designed for you and you alone. Question number one. Uh-huh. We've talked a lot about hot dogs. What's your favorite hot dog condiment when you're eating for pleasure? Uh-huh. My, I am actually anti-condiment. I, uh, oh. I eat hot dogs plain. Even if I'm at Nathan's before the circuit, and I'm just going to have one. Um, you know, Joey Jaws Chestnut has his own line of mustards, something called Coney Sauce. So I'll, I'll plug that for him. But truth be told is uh, I'm a purist. I'm, I'm going no condiments. Wow. A lot of my listeners will actually be happy to hear that. I'm very anti-ketchup, so I, I would have to say I'm not pro-mustard, but between the two, I will always take mustard over ketchup and that Dayglow green relish. I mean, the, the thing that, you know, they do it right in Chicago. If you have to have toppings on your hot dog, they do like celery seed and chopped pickles and onions. So they do it. They're, they're purists in that. Like they don't, I never understood why New York people would get that weird red gravy onion mush like if oh, you go see, to Chicago, I like that stuff because I mean that's what I grew up on. You know, in Jersey, that's what you get. It's like the red onion liquid. I love ketchup, so you and I are going to have to disagree on that. Uh, I think Chicago's uh, crazy. It's like a full meal on top of your hot dog. I'm going to expand to two questions for you. Do you put ketchup on your eggs? I do. Oh, that's terrible. That's and all. I'm happy. I- and cheese and and cheesesteaks that I get so much shit from my t- followers on Twitter that I put ketchup on a cheesesteak, but that's how I grew up. That's how I like these things. Ketchup on cheesesteaks that might actually be worse than ketchup on eggs. Yeah, I'm against oh, it. No, I only use I use mayonnaise to dip French fries, and I don't even eat French fries that often. I go to the corner bistro and I get a side of mayonnaise. But yeah, no, no ketchup for me. Anti. All right, good to know. A lot of my listeners will be on your side on this one, but I'm going to keep doing me because I'm the one who's eating it. So to each their own. Uh, question number two: What do you think is the highest we'll see the hot dog record go in our lifetime? It's at what seventy four right now, as of this week. It's at seventy four right now. I am going to say that Joey once more in his career. We'll get one more hot dog. He will get to 75, and that'll be the highest it'll go. And I'm going to say no other eater will ever hit uh, 70. Wow. In his okay. Time. That's my prediction. All right. Until we get the bionic stomachs that uh, change the rules fundamentally. But that may be no. after you and I are off this planet. No blenders, no bionic stomachs. We'll have to check back in like 33 yeah. years. Yeah. Love it. Question number three, is there a food you like so much that you refuse to competitively eat it to, for fear that it would ruin your love of it? Uh, that's an interesting question because usually it goes the other way. Is there like a food you hate that you can eat? And I have eaten mayonnaise in competition. Um, Oleg the Great Zernitsky ate it at the Glutton Bowl, t- six 32-ounce bowls in like oh. eight minutes. He, thought it, was, he my- thought it was ice cream. He was from the Ukraine, though. So <laughs> um, My stomach just like cramped up involuntarily yeah. thinking of eating that much mayonnaise. Oh. No, a food that I like so much that it would ruin it. No, sometimes competitive eating will make you hungrier 
for the food, I used to do, we did matzo balls and I would walk by the original second half deli and I would just buy four, eat them like apples. And that would happen right after the contest, like every day for like 10 days, <laughs> I'd be walking by. Um, no, the only food, and it's not that it would ever ruin it for me because I've eaten plenty of bad donuts in my time, but I really do. I don't eat donuts enough. I don't eat donuts as much as I should. And maybe I'm just saving, you know, my yearly quota for professional eating. Uh, but a good donut, you know, a Willie Dufresne Dew or a donut plant or a dough, if you're in the New York area, those are those are really the top three. Oh, Peter Pan. That's Tina Fey's favorite donut. That's in Brooklyn. That's an amazing yeast-based uh, cake donut. Yeast or cake, they have both. Um, so I'm just going to say the donut is one that it's not like I avoid it. I, I don't eat Dunkin' Donuts unless they're willing to pay me millions to sponsor them. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like that's one that is a, at – you know, I, I do scur, you know, I try to remain healthy, but if I could, I would probably eat donuts every day. And then I wonder if in competition, you know, I'd feel like, Oh, this is, this is just like Tuesday. I love so, it. Yeah, I'm going to go donuts. Question number four. If you were to recommend any one food for a beginner, everyone has their individual preferences, but if someone's listening, they want to get into competitive eating and they just want something that's going to be easy to, uh, try first, what one food contest would you recommend people try just to get their feet wet in this world? You know, chicken wings have a lot of technique. You've got the flats and the bats, the drums and the paddles, whatever you call them. Each one has its own technique to eat. They're not universal. A Hooters wing has that weird kind of dinosaur flap. Um, but you can get wings anywhere and you can kind of get a technique and, and get a feel for them and then see where the next wing eating contest is. So I think wings are a good technique food that won't fill you up. Uh, just be sure you do it with uh, safety. You always have a friend there. Uh, every major league eating contest has an EMT present. So um, you know, we've never had any injuries, but uh, safety is paramount in uh, professional eating. And I can vouch for that because like I said earlier, you and I met by you teaching me wing eating technique and then we actually, I didn't tell you this yet, but we had an office-wide contest a week later inspired by that segment you and I filmed. And okay. I won by more than triple the second place person because I was go. using the techniques you taught me. So thanks yeah. for that. Uh, cool. Last question, number five. If you could only eat one food the rest of your life, what would it be? Would it be donuts or would it be uh, yeah. something more nutritious? Well, no, we've, we've uh, you know, I've thought about this quite a bit. And even though, you know, I've been to Skiji in Japan and I've seen the, the, these prehistoric creatures, scallops the size of baseball gloves. And I, I've already talked about my love of sushi. I'm going to subpar all you can eat sushi because sushi is cost prohibitive. My one food would actually be pasta. I mean, I, I know maybe it's, you know, it's different shapes. I love cavatelli, but it's, you know, different sauces. I got to believe you're allowed to. Every peanut butter and jelly sandwich, if you chose that, would have a different ratio of peanut butter to jelly. So yeah, I'm going to choose pasta and, you know, a different sauce each day. That would be the one food I would eat. Um, probably more tomato-based, which is actual tomato sauce, not uh, sugared ketchup. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I would say uh, pasta is the one. And uh, I could do it in any variety of uh, shapes and any kind of style of sauce there's a place down in little italy in manhattan oliva and they have these dried pasta shapes they have this one that looks like a 
fungi spore, but they're called chef's hats in Italian. I don't know what the Italian word is, but they, they are the weirdest looking pasta shape. They're only made in one place in Italy. And the a woman who runs uh, Piedmont uh, Pasta Company, she's very nice, but she's like, oh, no, we can never – we can never get them in. There's never enough of an order for them. And I'll, I was like, I'll buy the entire year's order. And I, don't <laughs> I know will be means, your order. <laughs> but I guess if I ordered an entire year's order of the chef's uh, hats, the weird pasta shape, then I probably would have to pay for it by eating pasta every single day. And it would just be that shape. So it may come to pass. I'll let you know in 2019. Keep it posted. Hey, you will be carbo loaded for all your marathons and uh, and jogging efforts, if nothing else. So you'd be set. Crazy legs. Thanks so much, man. Um, plug what you want to plug. Where can people find out more about you? That podcast you mentioned. Where can Uh, people get more crazy legs in their life? Well, you can. the The podcast is called Men and Boaters, and uh, R P Shea. That's S H E A. At Twitter, usually posts where the link is. I think it's up on SoundCloud. That's through Major League Eating. Uh, MajorEating.com lists all the contests and the rankings I keep dropping, but hopefully I'll be back at uh, Nathan's next year. And then Crazy Legs Conti, uh, C-O-N-T-I dot com is where you find me. I I do answer uh, every uh, email when I get sent them. Um, I used to blog for the Huffington Post. They they kicked me off, but um, they I don't know. I guess Alec Baldwin had more of an insight on pro eating. Uh, but if you look back, I have like 50 entries on the Huffington Post blog under Crazy Legs Conti, and that will kind of give you a good, I think it was about three years on the circuit, and I didn't hold anything back there. So I do recommend people going to read those because you can feel what it's like to win a contest, corn on the cob, or to be the loneliest man in Charlotte after losing by a quarter hot dog to uh, Ronnie Hartman. So. All those places are great, but really just get out and enjoy food, eat it slowly, chew it, and uh, do it with a lot of friends, and uh, I think you'll be probably happiest in life. All right. I love it. Crazy Legs, enjoy the sushi. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Eat all you can. (laughs) I will. And thanks to you guys for listening. Make sure to visit MikeJanella.com and to find me at MikeJanella on all social media. At my website, you'll also hear information on the great outro music you're hearing right now. Thanks again to Crazy Legs. Thanks again to you. I'll do even better next time. See ya.